Hello and welcome to the Skypire Podcast. I'm Matt, and today I'm joined by Tyson, David, and Nick. Yo. Aloha. Hey yo. So today we'll be talking about childhood games, um, what games we've played, what our favorite games were, our experiences, um, and maybe compare them to, to today's experience with gaming. Um, so the first question today is, uh, what is your first video game that you've ever played, or at least the one that you can remember? is the first that you can play. So we'll go in no particular order. Uh, David. Um, okay, so I'm not going to count, like, you know, like, putt-putt games. And, you know, or maybe I could. I guess technically what, the, the first... What, what's a putt-putt game? I, I will explain, because I realized that... Okay, so there's, there was... A, <laughs> there's a, it was maybe... I don't know if it's still a thing, but there was years ago when we were, you know, when we were of a, an age to be very little children. Uh, there was a series of games called Putt Putt. He's this little kind of cartoon car. Oh, okay, I've heard. And it's of like that. Putt, oh, that Putt, kind of Putt Putt. Putt Putt goes to the zoo. Putt Putt goes to the moon. That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think they were essentially like really kitty point and click adventure games. Is yeah. the idea? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And there was there, um, there was there was like the fish one and stuff. Yeah, there was a few of Freddy those. Freddy Fish. Freddy Fish. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah they had a bunch of those. Uh, Spy Fox. I didn't play that one, but I think that was another one. Okay. Uh, anyways, I don't really count that as a real video game. I mean, it is, but I was... I guess you could say that was, those were probably... Okay, uh, so, a bunch of... so we'll get rid of putt-putt-style games and any point-and-click games like that and any educational well, math games, get rid of those? Yeah, I mean, well, that's Damn. only my opinion. I mean, you guys can say that as your answer, but I'm going to say that the first, like, video game I played was Fantasy Star Online... Um, what is that? Which was this GameCube game. Uh, it was kind of, it was basically an MMO, but it was like on the GameCube. Okay. Uh, so you You've just blown my mind. I had no idea the GameCube had online games. I, I had oh no yeah, idea either. It, it did. It definitely did. Um, it's ahead of its time. <laughs> um, and it was this game. It came out in two thousand, so I was about probably six or seven. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it was basically like you make a character. It was like imagine like a normal MMO, but it's set in kind of like a sci-fi spin on it. Okay. So instead of having swords, you got laser swords, and you got a guy, a guy who has guns, and a guy who has swords, and some other stuff, and you have like abilities. And hmm. I have to look that up. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was like a pack. It was like one and two. Like it was this weird thing where like it had like part one and part two of the game on the same disc or something. Maybe I don't really remember. I didn't actually get very far into it. <laughs> but before then, I I watched my brother play a bunch of video games. So um, I've always kind of been as really even before I can really remember. I think I like kind of been at least observing video games. Hmm. So, so just out of curiosity, David, how old were you? Do you think when you were playing that um, Star Force GameCube online? I, I like I said, probably six or seven. Or oh, sorry, I must have missed that six or seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me? Uh, well, again, barring some of those um, classic educational games or the you know back of the box, back of the cereal box, point and click. I had a bunch of weird Jurassic Park games and other dumb little uh, things, but with the exception of those, um, very possibly irresponsibly, but likely 
more just as more of a fringe case compared to most people. Probably the first game I was exposed to that I can recall leaving an impact on me um, was Unreal. Uh, the the game that named the engine. Oh, wow. Because um, my dad uh, had, grew up being... Um, not Sorry, not grew up, but he entered the, the game the PC gaming world kind of at the, the beginning of the PC gaming world um, as it were for, for personal computers. So he played things like, uh, you know, quake doom, a lot of first person shooters. There was some EverQuest in there ever so briefly, but um, so he would be playing some of these things. And I think just the, the cool science fiction world caught my attention and the, the, the interesting monsters and the over-the-top guns that were the size of small cars, you know, stuff like that just sort of caught my imagination. And I, I would say that's probably the first one that I hmm. recall. Um, and it also goes in tandem with the fact that I watched him play around with the level editor. So it's like, I feel like games only really caught my attention when I realized that you could make them, oh, which okay. is maybe something we'll come back to. At some point, but yeah, that's, that's what I'd say. Probably is the first game that caught my attention that I would say I I, I played and dabbled in. Cool, Tyson. So uh, not unlike David, my gaming childhood was really forced upon me by my brother. Um, we played a lot of NHL, and we still do to this day. Um, we also had a, a Sega Genesis. We played a lot of the the Sega games, we played Sonic, we played Echo the Dolphin. Um, what else was there? Oh, God, there were so many Sega games that we played. Um, I'm trying to remember the specific ones in my head. There were some that my dog chewed up. Oh, that's good. Because, <laughs> you know, back in <laughs> back in the days of the cartridge. Um, but, yeah, like, most of, my, most of my childhood really was spent playing uh, NHL games just because my brother and I were both big hockey fans and big hockey players. And that was just, uh, that was just what we liked to play. we played some, a little bit of Madden, but not so much because we aren't really big football guys. Um, a lot of Sonic. Once we got a PlayStation though, that's when everything, everything changed. Um, <laughs> everything changed when the PlayStation nation attacked. <laughs> yeah, um, we, we played, uh, we played call of duty on PC a lot. We had like land parties in the house where we play, Call of Duty. Um, God, I played so many games when I was a kid. <laughs> it's really it's hard to keep track of like everything I I played. But wow. okay. if we're talking about like the like the game that I distinctly remember playing the most when I was a kid, uh, that would probably be Knights of Republic Two. Okay, I played the okay. crap out of that when I was a kid. Um, that was like the thing that really got me into into games as as a whole. Um, it was like, oh man, it's Star Wars, which I love, and it's a game about Star Wars, and it's a really cool story, even though I didn't really understand it because I was like eight at the time. Right. Um, but I just had so much fun, you know, playing a Star Wars story and being a part of it, and um, so I'd say like that's definitely my my most memorable childhood game. Mm. But then there's also you know playing 
NHL. I'm pretty sure my brother and I have collectively owned every single NHL game since they first started coming out in 1993. That's a lot. Uh, so, you know, EA, we're reliable customers. Please, you know, maybe maybe give us a year of the game for free. That'd be cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so you'd say NHL was your first? The first game you probably played? Definitely the first one that I distinctly remember playing with my brother was NHL. Okay. okay. All right. Um, I think for me, apart from point and click games, I think the first computer game. Okay, so I never really played on console for many, many years. It was mainly PC for me, and I started. There was a Land Before Time game on <laughs> my, and we had a, you know, one of those brick computers where the where the screen is like this, you know, the the yellowish pale beige. You know, off white, you know like IBM. Yeah, off yeah. white. You know those big bricks. It was it was I mean, way back we all then. Had those, so I must I have expect. been, I must have been at most five or something, when I was playing that. But I think that was one of those point and click sort of things, and you know the things would move. So I was like, oh, dinosaurs, and it's the movies I like. So cool. Um, but apart from that, I think the the, apart from like a point and click, I think the first video game that I really really played was Age of Mythology, which is a real-time strategy, mm-hmm. um, which I play to this day, and it still holds up, and it's beautiful. But, uh, yeah, it's um, that has always held a very special place in my heart uh, from the very beginning. I find it interesting, um, and I'm also just looking here in the chat as well, where uh, Michael was talking about Sega Game Gear and Pokemon and, and stuff like that, and I'm thinking, like, uh, you and me, Matt, appear to have the same, um, or you and I appear to have the same sort of situation where our first experience with games was on a computer. It was PC gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas right. it appears uh, these two lads and and most likely other people, most likely the vast majority, probably had console-oriented beginnings. I think. Oh well. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Well, actually, there is something that I forgot that I don't know if I, see. Like maybe the second game I played or something like that was like starcraft on pc um but of course i was really bad at it yeah i used all the cheats that was me with age of empires (laughs) i didn't know know cheats were were a thing until years later (laughs) oh i mean i saw my my brother and his friends playing starcraft and i was like oh oh you could do that oh okay (laughs) see like i think i think I think for me, um, I think the difference between me and David and, and Tyson is that you guys have older siblings, and maybe even Nick, you, your your dad at least. He's not your sibling, obviously, but he's he's an older guy. He's who a man child. Into, who, no, but he was, he, you know, <laughs> was an older figure in your life who was into this stuff. Whereas me, mm-hmm. I knew no one <laughs> that was into this stuff. There was no internet really. There was dial up. So. Ugh. Um, you know, so growing up, I had no, I have no older siblings, so I'm the one discovering the stuff. In Age of Mythology, I, fi- I discovered that through my cousins who were a bit older than I am. And like, so in my household, I'm the one who brought video games. I didn't have, I didn't grow up with that. I had to go to people's houses to discover these things. So I think that's where, um, I think that's why it took me a bit longer to, to get, to discover all these, what gaming actually was. Whereas apparently David and Tyson and you just like, hey, look, there's a guy who knows what he's doing. Let's check this out. Yeah. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. My brother was not very smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope your brother doesn't listen to the podcast. 
Jeez. Um, Fight me, see what happens. <laughs> and um, the viewer count goes down by one. <laughs> oh no, everyone's gone. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, so this is a question that, that Nick, maybe you can provide a little more context what you meant, but your question was, what was something dumb that you did as a kid in a game for hours on end? Oh, are we skipping the other question? What was that? What's your favorite game? Oh, okay. What was your favorite game? I feel like most of you basically said it. What? No, but... absolutely not. Okay. Halo. <laughs> Halo. Halo was maybe, I don't know, the, the I can't, I don't know, maybe the third game I played. It. Um, but no, once, like I, man, we played a ton of Halo uh, when I was, when I was a little kid. And then, then just smoothly transitioned into Halo Two, and then into Halo Three. Um, but yeah, I think my favorite, my favorite, like just kind of game to play as a kid was probably Halo One. That's a classic. It's a classic. Halo, Halo on PC was what I spent a lot of time in as well. That's actually where oh. I played it for the first time because I didn't yeah. have an Xbox. Yeah, we'll get into it in some of these other questions, but. Uh, Halo does yeah. figure prominently. Matt, what about you? What's your favorite game? As a kid? As a kid, As a kid was, that stands out from your childhood. Age mythology. 100%. Okay. Tyson, is that NHL? Or I mean, would you say there was a game in your childhood that stuck out more? NHL, I just kind of like, I just kind of played with my brother because when I was a kid, I was, you know, a dumb kid. And I you absentmindedly really... sponged it. Yeah, basically. Um, if you ever handed a four-year-old a controller, uh, it was basically that. Just, you know, absentmindedly pressing buttons, not really sure what was going on. So my brother very often just destroyed me in that game because I didn't know how to do it. Um, but, like, definitely my favorite game when I was a kid was Knights of the Old Republic 2, without a doubt. Okay. Yeah, and in, in my case, it was, uh, I would say it's evenly split in a in a three-way trifecta between uh, Unreal and Unreal Tournament, um, the Half-Life series, mostly Half-Life 2, but the, the original and its expansions as well. Okay. And then um, shifting entirely off that paradigm, Command and Conquer Generals. Mm. Um, yes, very very Nick games. <laughs> yeah, yes, well, those I mean, are the those are the three most defining... Substrata there. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say those 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 three in that order was how I discovered them as well. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I also played a little bit of Quake Three Arena. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, I've never touched Quake little... or actually any Unreal game. Yeah. Unreal <laughs> Tournament 2004. Well, you could uh, try and blow some life into the very dead Unreal Tournament Four project, but that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> um. So yeah, what was something dumb that you did as a kid in a game for hours on end? Yeah, so I feel like I should provide my example first here so mm -hmm. that others can uh, can follow. I, I perfectly understand this question. Uh, yeah, I figured I figure everybody definitely has their thing that they did where like when you think back on it, you think back on something that you did for and this is no exaggeration, likely 40 hours or more. You know, that was unrelated probably unrelated to the actual game loop of the game itself. In my case, the dumb thing I remember doing for hours on end, and this is either going to be hilarious or make me sound like a sociopath or a psychopath rather, uh -oh. <laughs> um, is in, so, so 
like I mentioned, um, the the prospect of being able to to make games or mod games was one of those things that um, I think caught my attention and made me interested in games. Um, maybe I would have anyways. Maybe they just happened to happen in tandem. I don't know. But uh, it was one of those things that I've always done, right? So um, going through all three of those games I previously mentioned, I definitely took into modding them and, and making levels for them and stuff like that. And, and in my time with the Source Engine and Hammer Editor and um, Half-Life 2, I would sit there and I, as I would be doing stuff, you'd, you'd pick up what the entity names are. And you'd learn the spawn codes and stuff like that. So, you know, like any kid who learns cheat codes or spawn codes, you'd go around and you'd be like, oh, I wonder what happens if I put, you know, a hundred rocket launchers in this room uh, and then a bunch of enemies and I'll make them fight each other. And that's fine. That's totally normal. What I ended up doing was going in no clip mode, which is the ghost flying mode. Um, I would go up to the top of the level. I would look down at the ground and I would just spawn zombies on top of each other's heads mm-hmm. um, okay. all the way until they reached up to the very top where I was and I would turn on a mode that meant the enemies couldn't see me uh, so they were they were none the wiser otherwise the whole tower would crumble and there would be this big huge tower of zombies all standing on each other's heads um, and then I would th- throw grenades at it and rockets at it because mm-hmm in that particular game when you uh, had had the source engine has famously hilarious ragdoll physics, but besides that with the, with the zombies, you could blow them into little pieces and it was always satisfying to see the, the flaming zombie pieces go flying off in the distance from this big tall tower of <laughs> zombies. And I would do this. I, I've probably racked up like a week's worth of my life. Oh my God. Cumulatively doing that idiotic task. Um, and that would usually happen right around the lull where it, like making a level got difficult. You know, I would reach a point where I'd, I'd start to have to actually learn um. how to do something new or 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 adjust, um, adjust the fine details or, or deal with the irritation of lighting and other things like that. And I would just go, I feel like doing this thing, and then I would do it. <laughs> I feel like blowing For... up a bunch of zombies right now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So so yeah, that was a that was something dumb that I did for hours on end. Anybody else have something dumb? Yes. <laughs> yes. David. Go um ahead. it was okay, so what I did for yeah, legitimately a lot a lot of the time I spent playing Halo was <laughs> you know what I was doing? So Halo has I might have I've probably mentioned this on a podcast before. Um is so Halo PC came with a version of it called Halo Custom Edition, which was explicitly oh, no. made so that a person could, so that you could upload like custom maps. It didn't have any, it was like the game with no single player in it. Like it was just the multiplayer. Okay. And you could, you could upload custom maps. And there was a whole community out there who made custom maps and stuff. Um, so what I would do is I would download a bunch of interesting looking custom maps and just by myself <laughs> explore these maps and like the weird weapons that people would make in place and the weird vehicles and stuff. I would just explore them. I would just kind of look around. 
Okay. And yeah. and Halo Custom Edition also, I mean, I think you can get maybe in the normal, but you can access like all the dev mode stuff. Similar to what Nick was talking about. You know, you could fly around, you could, you know, spawn stuff. And then of course you, you know, they had the, it was, you know, there was maps where like, it was like Blood Gulch, except, oh, the plasma rifle shoots Master Chiefs. What? <laughs> and I did the same thing that Nick is talking about. I created huge towers of Master Chiefs. And then, of course, I got into the Warthog gun, which shot plasma grenades, and I just blew it all up. I'm so oh. glad we're psychopaths together. This is hey, exactly what Bungie meant to, to but create. This I would like to wanted. know that the Master Chiefs don't explode into bits, so it wasn't nearly as gruesome. Um, wow. But yeah, so I would just spend tons of time uh, messing around in Halo Custom Edition, just like checking out maps. And some maps actually had AI in them, so you could like play by yourself essentially against these guys. Uh, people did all kinds of shit. Probably still, they're probably still doing all kinds of shit. Oh, no doubt. Um, and uh, something else I would mess around with in a similar vein is you could download. Someone made it somewhere, but like basically, you could get similar kind of dev mode stuff, but like you could be it in like the the campaign. So there was something uh, called yes. bump possession. Okay. Where if you, oh, God. if you touch uh, like a character, you become that character. Oh. So let's say I I and touch, all of their flaws too, right? You be like yeah, it's really interesting. Like let's say I touch a um, a hunter. I become a hunter. I move around. I make the noises. I make the, you know, oh yeah, all the sounds of moving. I can shoot the, I can hit, I can do all the hunter things. And then the Master Chief body is just sort of standing there. Huh. Just doing nothing, of course, because it has no AI. And then I can also touch like, I don't know, like an elite and run around as like, I could have just, just mess around. And of course, when you're an elite, the the other Covenant see you as an ally. And that the is, Marines see you as enemies. That is so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird shit. Um, but you could just mess around like that in, in Halo PC. So I did a lot of that. A lot. Hmm. What about Which you, Which is completely, completely not like what you know you do in Halo. Just like doing like a sightseeing tour of multiplayer maps. So I'd like to take you back for a moment to uh, elementary school. Uh, did any of you do anything like all the right type or stuff like that in school where you like learned how to type on a keyboard and you got like tested on how fast you could go? Yes. Uh, we did math circus. Does that count? I mean, not really, because this was specifically Wait. like learning how to type. Wait, are you talking about like a like a Mavis Beacon kind of teaches typing kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, we use something called all the right type, but Mavis Beacon is a similar thing. I don't remember what yeah. I was. Supposed you know to where you like you like it like taught you to like put your fingers on like ASDF JKL semicolon and like yeah. how to move your fingers around so you could type and stuff. No, we just had teachers that would smack us with a meter stick if we put our fingers on the keyboard wrong. Oh man, I uh, I had that. That's they didn't not really true. Teach That's right. false. <laughs> I was worried for you, Nick. Fake news. <laughs> so uh, back when we did that, uh, not only could I outtype everyone in my class. I could outtype most of the teachers and all of the secretaries at the school. What a, uh, what, see, a brag, what a brag! What a You could, could outtype, but what came out was gibberish because you were just typing word, typing 
keys, you weren't actually writing anything. No, no. The way all the type, <laughs> all the right type worked is it gave you a sentence that you had to type God, out, and it would measure how fast good. you could. And I'll explain to you how I did that. So, in Age of Empires two, <laughs> <laughs> of course, there it were, always comes back to were, video games. Every good there story were, starts with Age of Empires. <laughs> there were these great cheat codes for that game, um, and me, being an intellectually deficient child. Uh, did not understand military strategy or really anything about how to play an RTS game. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So I just cheated consistently. Uh, and this was also before I learned the magic of copy-paste. Oh, so okay. one of the cheat codes <laughs> in that game is how do you turn this on? And that gives you this, like, this, like, Cobra, the car, that has machine guns that just decimates everything in the game. Uh, and I would spend most of my time in that game just making like, like 500 of those. <laughs> so I would manually type out, how do you turn this on over and over and over and over and over again without copy paste. And that's how I got to be so good at typing. <laughs> so <laughs> Wow. And it's not just, how do you turn this on? There were like the resource cheats too, like Robin hood to get extra food or uh, Lumberjack to get extra wood. Um, just like all those cheats that I just memorized that I would type in manually over and over because I didn't know what copy-paste was. And oh uh, yeah, because of that, I just like excelled in my typing class. Wow. And uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's, that's one, of the re one of the reasons that I was known at my elementary school. Um, you were the typing king? The fastest keyboard in the West. You yeah, unfortunately. fingers in the West. Unfortunately, that is not the secret to being popular, so uh, I would not recommend that. <laughs> oh, I see. Depends on your age. But um, uh, yeah, that's that was basically my experience uh, as like a dumb thing that I did as a kid was not actually learning how to play the game. Instead, just cheat out your ass and uh, make like hundreds of Cobras. Fair enough. <laughs> wow. Um, just a small sidebar. Uh, out of curiosity, you just made me think of this because of cheats. Can all of you guys remember like the cheat codes to a game you avidly cheated in like obviously tyson you just mentioned that you remember those things like i said i use the cheat codes to spawn uh enemies and crap in in the source engine in half-life 2 so i remember what all of the entity names are i remember the commands all of the different impulses and stuff like that that you would type into the console what about you two yeah i remember i remember the cheats i used in starcraft i remember the uh some of the some of the stuff from uh from Halo, yeah. The, the um, trick is in in Halo Custom Edition is you gotta press the tilde key that yep. enters dev mode. Yeah, that's that's like the Source Engine, right? You hit tilde and it brings down the dev console. Um, I think. Well, I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't know about cheats. I didn't know that was a thing. So that I, was an intellectual. So it took me. It took <laughs> me a long time to even find out about it. So it was until. I think it was probably like end early high school or end of end of elementary that time when I was playing Spore that I really discovered it and then I was using cheats and Spore for more for more so quote unquote money or DNA um, and then I experimented in other games to see if well I wonder if that's a thing and so really I think Spore was my first uh, cheat experience and realizing that they had that. Because why? Why would you think that that was a thing if you if no one told you? I was just I interesting. Yeah. Mm. 
I also, I also, you know, I had dial up until like grade eight or grade nine or something. So <gasps> it, uh, you know, I didn't have internet to just look up these things and discover these things. So yeah. that's, uh, that, that sounds about right to me too. I think, I think I got it. I think I got high speed in like grade seven. I was dial up before. Maybe maybe grade eight, grade nine is maybe a little later. I don't know. It's between grade seven and grade nine, somewhere in there. So, yeah, yeah, it yeah. took a while, but I'm lucky. My dad's always been like an early tech adopter. As was mine. So we all we always we've shocking. Always had, yeah. yeah, no. Like I said before, I'm the one who hey. brought the computer interest in the gaming into my household. Yeah, and, it's, and like, it's been like... the sole one in the household ever since. All I need to tell you <laughs> is that my dad got. An Atari as a wedding gift. <laughs> that, that explains everything. And I mean, the other thing too, I guess, is no one's surprised that the dad that plays, you know, Quake <laughs> and can in like Quake Three and Quake Two multiplayer got broadband as soon as yeah. possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Thank you all for. Or Matt, do you have something dumb that you did? I don't think we got to you. Something dumb that I did. Yeah. Um. I mean. Uh, they kind of relate to what Michael was saying in the chat, but some of the things were like always not driving backwards, but driving the wrong direction in racing games. That was always fun. (laughs) Oh my God, I did that so much. Trying to survive as long as you can, dodging the other cars, and also just seeing what happens. Just, you know, in Mario Kart and whatever, just seeing how far you can get before the game goes, no, (laughs) you're not doing this anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely had. You know, or sorry, go ahead. Um, and I, I think I think there was another one where when I was playing um, um, Roller Coaster Tycoon, that was always fun. You you know you make your roller coasters, and then at some point that you know you're a, you're a curious child, you wonder, hey, what if I don't finish this roller coaster? Um, the <laughs> roller coaster keeps going, and physics takes hold. Many people die. <laughs> <laughs> and the rating for that roller coaster goes down, but it stays open. <laughs> so because that's how the real world works. <laughs> Safety yeah. is just a concept. So that um, that was uh, I don't know how long I did. I didn't do that for too long because I was actually trying to get my roller coasters and my parks going. But that was always fun when you discover that hey, th- this actually works. The game will let you do this. Uh, you have fun crashing people into uh, roller coasters into other people, just minding their business. It's bad. Oh, and drowning people in roller coaster tycoon because you can just grab them and drop them wherever you want. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> Are we never... bad people? Ah. Uh... <laughs> Well, you were just stealing. Me, David, and Matt are all psychopaths. <laughs> hey, I mean, hey, I did hey, psychopathic hey. things too. Hey, like I did that not, roller coaster tycoon drowning like, thing. It's not like the Master Chiefs I was spawning in were like. It's not like they were doing anything. They were just like stationary yeah, models. Yours, yours were at least you know you would believe. Oh yeah, that's just a statue or a model or whatever. Mine were like you would pick them up and the people would be squirming and then you throw them in the water and they're they're yeah, writhing see, in the water. And you're that's like, messed up. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was. <laughs> There's a reason his face is red. <laughs> is that why my favorite color is red? Is that why? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so shall we? We 
get on to the next question. Oh, it's so dark. Sure. Yes. yes. I keep digging this hole for let's, my Let's phone. move on from, from, from Matt's dark past. Matt, yeah. grab, grab the end of the shovel. I'll grab the handle. We'll pull you out of the hole you're digging yourself. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so based on... So, so you know, we... Generally speaking, we started playing games from an early age, and then once you discovered games, it basically stayed with you until now. Um, so, based on your childhood experiences, how have games changed? Um, was there a big change that stood out to you? Is there something that's that's gone, or I don't know? Is there something that you've noticed that that has changed since those since what we've been talking about since six years old, and like, oh, I'm gonna do all these things. Um. I think for me, um, how have games changed? I mean, I think I, there there wouldn't be much that that I could say to how games have changed that isn't relatively obvious. You know, with the the move to um, games being more forgiving and more inclusive and more accessible, um, not in the you know accessible way that is enjoyable, but in the accessible way that is in for some titles more pandering. You know, they're 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 leaving it, uh, simplifying them down, stuff like that. I've definitely seen that change, but I think the thing that really sticks out to me when you talk about having a big change, uh, for me is is, and I get the multiplayer gaming apparently goes all the way back to GameCube something, uh, which was news to me well, uh, it, today because of, of David. But it had had and, a special attachment that you plugged into the GameCube that gave it that functionality. Oh, okay, but but nonetheless, my my point being is that multiplayer had obviously been around, and I'm under no illusion that it came with the birth of Xbox Live. It's much older um, than that. You it's much me. much older than that by a huge margin. But for me, I feel like there is this this multiplayer boom that happened. I want to say maybe in like the 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 Halo Three, like the 2006 to 2010 time span um where like i know from my own life right this was when i by this point i had consoles and i'd had uh you know the the xbox and then now the xbox uh 360 Mm -hmm. but this was like you know huge huge swaths of my time playing games in middle school and high school were playing uh you know halo 3 multiplayer playing gears of war uh horde mode survival um playing um battlefield 3 you know playing or or playing borderlands cooperatively like all these things there's this huge influx of of multiplayer um because at least in the circle of games that i've played or paid attention to so obviously not the entire spectrum um They've kind of gone from single player with multiplayer added to, you know, half multiplayer, half single player to largely nowadays, um, in in many cases, very minimal single player with a well-defined multiplayer mode. And then especially nowadays into the single player is the multiplayer mode. You know, look at your anthems or your destinies or stuff like that. Playable alone, but not the core experience that they they designed it around, right? So I feel like the the big thing for me was in that time period, that late 2000s, 
um, boom of of m- multiplayer being at the the main consciousness of of gaming as far as I could tell that right. to me was definitely something that changed since uh, since my childhood experience yeah yeah I can mm. see that yeah definitely definitely uh, for me um, I don't know if you guys have watched any of Nakey Jakey videos no uh, he, ha- he has a lot of good videos on on uh, on stuff around this topic for example you know you would play back in the day you'd play games like like Age of Empires or Grand Theft Auto or uh, um, I don't know countless other games that you know you could you could you know you pay for the game you play the game you can play it how you want or they also give you all these cheats right like Grand Theft Auto you can play the game following their rules or you can press a bunch of buttons on your controller and get like a tank oh yes or uh, stuff like that right that's true I remember the Harrier (laughs) yes so that's that's the area that I think I noticed the most in uh, in modern games is that there's a lot less and less creative freedom I think. Um, where hmm. let's take let's take uh, something like Red Dead Redemption Two, for example. Um, Nikki Jakey also points this out pretty pretty cleverly. So let's say you know you're doing a a stealth mission or something, and you have to you have to tail this person. This God, I hate tail missions so much that the worst things in the world. But you know you got to you got to follow this person. Um, if you, you know, you might do something clever, like, uh, you know, you might like climb up onto the rooftops and follow them from the rooftops or, uh, you know, you'll like blend into a crowd or something. But if you don't do it the exact way that Rockstar wants you to do it, you will fail that mission. And, you know, back in the older games, you could, you could do stuff like that. It's like, Hey, you know, as long as you meet the final objective properly, you're fine. Um, you know, you can do it however, however way you want. That's kind of the big thing with open world games is, you know, you, you have this massive playground that you can play in, uh, you know, do things the way you want to, but you know, nowadays it's more, it's more about, this is the story that we want to tell. This is the way that we want to tell it and you're going to do it or else. Um, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say that's the big thing that I've noticed is just that there's a there's a big shift in the willingness for I'll say, I'll I'll specifically point out AAA studios because I feel like indie devs like ourselves we kind of we're kind of open to that that kind of creative freedom more for the players uh, but definitely AAA studios that invest like millions and millions of dollars into this stuff they they want to make sure that you know the experience that you have is the experience that they designed um hmm. so yeah i guess that's that's what i'd say hmm. if if i can just I mean, very briefly yeah. expand on on something tyson said there i think um something you've made me uh, notice as well is that along those lines there's also a lack of entropy uh allowed in games nowadays hmm. you know i think i, I think i'm i'm uh, what I was thinking when you were talking about that tailing mission, right, is you were talking about how if you don't do it exactly the way Rockstar wants you to do it, right, you're 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 gonna fail the mission. Whereas, like, I can very imagine, I can very vividly imagine a game from earlier in Rockstar's catalog, um, where like you could like pick up a box and hold it in front of you. You know, it's like it's like put a bucket on a shopkeep's head in Skyrim. You know? Yeah. 
it's like that's that's a chaotic thing or or the fact in, in games like like half-life 2 where physics plays a large role in the the combat and the mechanics god introduce a physics system to a game and it is <laughs> you know like you can do all kinds of broken broken stuff and i feel like that and and you know what you could do that and when it went out of course that is an example um or any of these later games you can you can patch them right but at that time you'd put out a game you know you have your physics system if you shoot the the harpoon at the antlion guard in half-life 2 and insta dies you've just you've eliminated that entire combat scenario right by by abusing a physics glitch right they didn't patch it right they were like yeah this is you know you could you could break the game if you want you can have cheats you know in a lot of these older games as well where you can just totally break the game doing cheats and 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 stuff like that so so anyways i don't want to take too much time there but just as a as an add-on to tyson's point i feel like entropy has been thrown out the window as well yeah also i'd like to make a comment on tyson's point um I, I think that I don't I don't know if it's I think that it's definitely like you were saying AAA is like much more the experiences are getting much more like very specific. Um, but I think that there's you know there's lots of there's these days what I've noticed is that there's just more games and more variety of different kinds of games. Yeah. So for sure. So AAA might be tending in this in this direction but you know you've got i mean great example minecraft minecraft is a game all about you know creative stuff doing things and there's plenty of games out there in that vein where they're just like entirely about uh creative freedom um so i wouldn't say like games as a whole are less about that i think that games maybe are getting more focused Hmm. I think part of that comes from the fact that like games are getting like they the graphics are improving and better graphics requires more time requires more effort and so they're probably putting more effort into making you do a specific thing because then they have less less work to do less world to oh, make that could be one yeah that could be plus one. the more the most the more realistic your game looks the dumber it looks when it's when yeah. you've accidentally found the wrong side of a barn, you know, like yeah. uh, Tyson, you quoted this the other day where you were saying in Spider-Man uh, PS4, if you go in the camera mode and you fly all the way out to a boat in a harbor, the person's face on the boat looks like utter trash. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the funny things. The other thing too, that's pretty good in Spider-Man PS4 is uh, the, the buildings. Like if you go up to the side of a building and look in the window, it'll show you one thing. But if it's on the corner and you look at the other side of the same room, it's a totally different room. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah, a procedural yeah. system. That. that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a weird thing. Um, I think something that I've seen that's different, it kind of touches on what you guys were saying, but is that it's like when Nick was saying, you know, they didn't patch it. Um Obviously, like when 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 a game came out, that was it. That was the game. And then, you know, you could buy an expansion pack for certain games, but mostly that once you had it, you had a disc, 
and you can't change the disc. So now that now I've something that I know that I've noticed is like all games basically there's no discs anymore. There's no hard copy really. Um, it's all online, and even if you have a hard copy of a disc, you you load it in, and it's just to do the basic install and do the key to prove that you bought it, and then it's all online anyway. Um, and I found that because it's all online, um, this this is a good thing for you know major bugs or game breaking bugs or whatever. The company can come in and just fix it and patch it, but they can also just constantly add content whether it's in early access or not. So coming back to Minecraft, um, Minecraft is completely different from yeah. what it was when I first bought it, like in grade nine, like in, in 2008 yeah, or something. Yeah. Like to the point where it's basically unrecognizable and I don't even know what 90% of the blocks and enemies are and do. And I, I basically find it unplayable now on my end because... I just don't know what anything is. And if and I've noticed with these games, with a lot of games, is if you're not constantly playing and not constantly up to date with the latest patch or the latest news or whatever, you 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 leave the game for, I don't know, a month. You come back and th there's all these new things and things have been removed and you don't know how things work. And the game that you bought is no longer that game. And there's oh no way God, to get it yeah. back. And I feel like that... Um, so again, for, for patches and bugs, um, that's good. But then for the content side of things, if they're constantly changing things, and, and again, Minecraft is the perfect example, but other things like Overwatch, where the game is constantly changing based on the heroes and, cha and, and, and buffs and nerfs and stuff. Any, any online you know, multiplayer. Any, any online multiplayer, but even yeah. single player for Minecraft like that is just, it's just, I bought this game like this because I like this version i like this game and now actually that's an old version that doesn't exist anymore um i don't know i don't know it just i i i see the the benefits for certain games i really i really enjoy it in certain games but for other games where i was like okay i bought it like this and i love this version and now i come back to it a year later and it's completely different well now it's it doesn't feel the same. It's not what I. It's not the game that I fell in love with. It's not the game that I bought anymore. So I just don't feel like playing it anymore, and I feel like it almost removes playability. Mm. That's on. That's, that's definitely. That's how I feel anyway. Yeah, and and something that I I find with with that particular situation is where I think a series like um, and obviously it's made some missteps in. Um, it's made some missteps in, in recent years, but the Battlefield series mm. for me has always been a multiplayer uh, centric uh, series that I've had a, a large, a large portion of my my time playing video games and multiplayer has been there, right? You know, I had a group of friends we would always squad up and play and whatever. But unlike a lot of these live service games, games like Overwatch, which, which like you said, you know, I haven't played for probably a year now, and I def you know last time i played doomfist was new yeah right well, there's, there's so it's been like five new heroes since then it's five new heroes i know yeah. many of the old ones have changed all the stuff has changed whereas for it's a crazy. one of the things that i found with with battlefield the way that they do things and and they're not i'm using them as example just because that's for me but obviously many other games do this but when they actually release a new game right in a series so let's say you take battlefield 3 came out and then they released some dlcs for it and then they released Battlefield 4. 
right? And then they released some DLCs for it. And then they released Battlefield something else. One, I think, was the next major one. Hardline but came before one. No one talks about Hardline. Um, <laughs> but but basically, the, I think that something that does, you know, and a lot of people would say, well, why not just make a Battlefield live service game where you can pick, you know, the the, the modern day Battlefield 4 style of gameplay or this one or this one and just update all of them you know, whatever, da, da, da. and I've, heard, I've seen that argument online, people saying that that's probably the future of it, and they're trying to do that with Battlefield Five. but something that's nice about having those stepping stones is that's where you can you can rejoin, right? So, you know, um, if you if you stepped out of, of Battlefield at Battlefield 3, and then Battlefield 4 went by, and they introduced a new mechanic, and they brought that forward into Battlefield, whatever, if that was a live service... You paid money for for Battlefield Three, and it's would have played like Battlefield Three until they changed it. If you go back and play Battlefield Three now, it plays just like Battlefield Three. Nothing's changed. The mechanics are exactly the same, and there are still some people playing it online. But the point is, is that that later on, what you get is is people can you can reintroduce to a series at a milestone, which makes it, you know, so if I skip three games and then join on the, the 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 fourth one right i can learn along with everybody else what the new mechanics are at that point in time i don't need to worry about the ones that have built up in other games because they will be reintroduced in this game right you see what i'm saying i feel like i kind of fumbled that around a bit but my point is, is that in an older model you'd release new games instead of making it a service and those new games introduce stepping stones where people can join the experience Sort of like how comic books do that, I think, right? Like they they finish an arc, it's so convoluted that they go, "Cool, we're just going to reboot it in a different arc." So you can yeah. join in and go, "Okay, well now I want to now that it's starting again and it's fresh and it's not a hundred issues of comic book, I can grasp yeah, yeah. the ten that are out right now." I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah. To add on to uh, to next point there, because I'm also a uh, an avid Battlefield player. Um, the main thing for me with multiplayer games like that in general, especially things that have progression systems, is burnout. So let's take Battlefield Five for example. When it first came out, I played that game religiously for a good a good two months or so, uh, and like I kept track of assignments. They you know they have the the live service model now called Tides of War, where every two weeks they give you a series of challenges. If you complete those challenges, you uh, you unlock something. Right. And that was something to really keep you involved. Uh, it, was, it was a great idea for sure. It kept me interested in the game and it kept me playing and kept me trying new things and trying new classes and stuff like that. Uh, and then, you know, you, you play it for a long time. You start to get familiar with everything and eventually you get burned out by it. You know, you don't uh, you don't play it as much. Um, and then, of course, Apex Legends came out, and now that's the game that I'm playing religiously. Um, <laughs> uh, and I had this I had this same problem uh, back when The Division came out. I played that pretty religiously, got to max level, got a bunch of cool stuff, and then I just stopped playing it for a while. Right. And then, I don't know, five or six months later, I decided to hop back into the game and see, uh, see what it was like. And there was all this new stuff and... Um, they introduced all this new stuff and new missions and new guns and they increased the level cap and all this crazy stuff that they do to keep the game alive. Uh, but that also is, that's a double-edged sword because yeah, it can keep your, your concurrent players, you know, 
they keep coming. It can also be a barrier of entry to players who may have stopped playing after a while because, you know, they may not have the high level gear so they can't compete with other players or they may, yeah. uh, it's so much stuff that they have to do now. It's overwhelming. See, like that's true um, for, for all these games, but especially a multiplayer competitive game like that. Yeah. The, the barrier of entry is like, hey, yeah, he's got the, the better guns and armor. The big three. The big three for me that I know personally for that is Battlefield, where I would play for a while, wouldn't hit max level, I'd stop playing, then I'd come back and I wouldn't be high enough level and I wouldn't have the cool guns and stuff. Uh, GTA Online was a similar thing. You leave for a little while, all these people have grinded for hours and hours and have all these cool things and lots of money, and you're sitting there like a broke plebe because you stopped playing. Um, and The Division. Those were the the big three for me. Mm. Yeah, fair mm, I see. Um, I think we have time for one more question. So this is one that, that I feel like most people have heard numerous times. But, you know, there's the whole, there's a stereotypical, oh, kids these days, they play too many video games, it's bad for them, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Um, do you have thoughts on that? Like, are, are kids playing too many video games? Because like we said, there's, they're way more accessible. There's a lot more being made. So I've got uh, thoughts. I've got lots of thoughts. Um... <laughs> My thoughts are, no, kids are not playing too many video games. Because to me, just even on the face of it, video games are a much better thing to do with your time than, like, going on the, like, you know, browsing the internet or watching TV or something like that. Because a video game is, like, actually, like, an engaging, like, you're actually, at least your mind is, like, doing stuff and processing stuff. Yes. And like thinking and like, you know, you're not just passively observing something. So I think that like, yeah, I think that, you know, spending like, you know, four hours just bro like idly browsing Reddit is a much worse thing for your brain uh, than playing four hours of any basically any video game unless it's like a shitty nothing like idle nothing video game yeah let's define video game as anything above the mental capacities of candy crush <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah that's yeah. i'm gonna put i'm gonna that, i'll just chime in and put my foot down there when we talk about video games we're talking about something that's not a mindless uh you know we talked before about mobile games but you know not a a a mindless grind factory for for microtransactions and the type of thing you do when you're taking the dump yeah if it's actually like uh like a actual video game then i would say that yeah i think video games are fine that's my thought i um in f from my perspective so i'll i'll i agree with you david um wholeheartedly it's definitely it's like you know I would, you know, if I had kids, I would much rather they they were playing video games than like doing drugs, <laughs> type of thing. Well, yeah, obviously. obviously, you know. Um, would you much uh, rather my, them my, do that? Sorry, my point. My point being, uh, and those two things are never mind. Um, <laughs> my point is that there are many worse things to be done. Um, but so I'll I'll take the perspective here that one of the things that I often see. Is is when people say you know uh, video games can be bad uh, for kids. I think that problem is a is a larger is obviously a larger problem, and that larger problem is that modern technology can 
emphasis on the word can be very bad and be dangerous for kids and their their growth. Um, the most common one that I see, um, especially uh, surrounding some some previous jobs and so on and so forth, where you know you'd see the way that parents uh, interact with technology and their kids, something like an iPad, right, just becomes a um, a crutch. It's like you know, oh, I I need to do this thing around the house, or I need to leave. Uh, and do this thing. So here, have an iPad and play a game. Yeah, you're saying it's like or, the, or it's like the knockoff or, nanny. Yeah, the knockoff nanny, right? And and that type of situation. And I feel like that what that produces is that produces people in terms of the kids. That produces kids that are presented with that thing being something that they need to fill time with. And unfortunately, the easiest thing to fill time with is those games that I mentioned. We don't want to call games right um candy crush or other things or you know even things like um just just playing for take an example of of a real game some people might not consider it this but i do something call of duty right uh the multiplayer of that is fast repetitive short round over and 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 not actually at that point you're you are engaging with it like david said but you're not actively engaging with it and i feel like that's a mentality that's produced by this sort of situation um dependent on the kid and their interest level or their attention span and then the parent and their capacity to control that which is why for me i think that they they are not dangerous under the right circumstances and the right circumstances in my opinion is to engage if you're a parent for example is to engage with your kids about video games if that's their interest right that is something that you know i am very lucky to have had growing up as my dad was a video played video games and made video games right modded them and made levels so he was able to introduce me to the fact that video games are more than just sit down tap keys and make stuff happen you know and 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 lose lose yourself in that mm. he was able to to help educate me on this technology and, and how to, to healthily engage with it. And then you took that even got taken further, which is what led me down the career of game developer, which is where I, I realized these things are an opportunity to interact and, and, and with an audience and all these things. So when you say people often have the statement, you know, kids play too many games, it's bad for them. I don't think it is. I think that it's, a, a modern thing that we have to adapt to. It's something that, that parents now have to interact with. You can't just slap it in front of them and say, go play games, kids. You need to sit down with your kids. They're playing their game. Ask them why they're playing their game. What do they like about their game? What are they doing in their game? Stuff like that. The same way you would if they were listening to music or TV or whatever. You know, you'd ask oh. them about their thing so you engage oh, with them. God, I feel like kids would hate that. What are you playing there? Oh. Come, I'm, come, <laughs> come um, well, don't do it yeah, every single what, time. But don't yeah. do it every single time. But here's the thing: you're you're introducing it from the fact that you know if you if you're a teenager, right, and your parents have never been interested in what you're playing, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, what you play in there?" That's not going to help your situation. <laughs> I'm talking about if you have young children, right, where I, in an ideal situation. 
I'm thinking about my family and my brother's family and other things, you know, uh, where you're, you're kind of like your kid's best friend, you know, when you're, they're young like that, right? Cause you're, and they're siblings and so on and so forth. So you, if you get in there at the ground level and, and help them experience games healthily and you experience them with them, you'll understand them better first off. And you'll stop saying stupid things like, you know, video games are bad for kids, black and white, one zero inherent this is a fact you'll stop saying stupid shit like that you know so i think yeah i've kind of talked to length here but i don't think that they're bad i think that they can be when they're presented as a solution to the wrong problem that's my two cents my 27 cents (laughs) tyson Okay, um, I've been listening to this and trying to formulate my idea, and then Nick just added a whole bunch of stuff onto that, and now I'm just a jarbled mess of brain thought. So I'm going to... Um, to add on to what Nick was saying, it's... You you mentioned the thing that, um, you know, parents will oftentimes just, like, plop their kids in front of an iPad and say, here, play this game. And then there'll be parents who are like, oh, video games are bad. But these are the same parents whose parents did the exact same thing with them, but with television. And back then, it was the same idea. Television is bad for kids. Uh, But that's also an entire generation that was mostly raised on television. There were kids who are now adults that learned massively important life lessons from Mr. Rogers, from Mr. Dress Up, from The Simpsons, from just, you know, TV programming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, parents parents nowadays can say video games are bad when they're essentially doing the same thing that their parents did with them, but with a different source, right? So to me, that that's the first thing that kind of debunks this whole, uh, this whole thought process that video games are bad. However, um, uh, hold on to your tissues because I'm about to do something that I'm very uncomfortable with. I'm going to get real. Uh, okay. So I don't know if, if you guys uh, particularly noticed this when we were in school, but towards the tail end of high school and definitely all the way through university, I had a very serious problem with video game addiction. Um, I, I, to be honest, I probably still do have the, uh, a a bit of a problem with video game addiction, but definitely not as severe as it was when I was in in university. Um, And the main thing that that stems from, in my opinion, is a, a general lack of education nowadays on moderation. So like, in my opinion, video games can be helpful for development. They can, uh, stories in games can be great ways to teach kids things. They can teach kids, how to behave properly, consequences of your actions, stuff like that, stuff like that, right? So that's, you know, it's a great way to, it's a great opportunity to educate things, real life situations and stuff that maybe they may not teach in a schooling system. But it's also important to teach kids that too much of something is a bad thing. And that was something that I never really uh, got a concept of when I was younger, and it caused a problem later on in life. And because of that addiction, I didn't perform well in school. And now I, you know, I spent thousands of dollars on a university education and got nothing for it. Uh, That's entirely because of my own behavior. And I understand that and I accept that. It was also a learning opportunity for me to realize, hey, I need to take a step back 
reprioritize the things in my life. And uh, it's definitely been a big thing for me. Um, so I think, I think the, the, the main concern here shouldn't be whether, you know, video games are a bad thing. It should be, we should really be focusing on teaching kids the concept of moderation, uh, whether it be food, whether it be entertainment, whether it be anything else. Um, keep in mind that we also live in an era where childhood obesity is rising, both because kids are playing too many games and not doing enough physical activity, in my opinion, uh, because of the lack of moderation. And they're also eating very unhealthy food because of a lack of moderation. So really the whole, there's like 10 or 15 different societal problems that all stem from that one concept that there is a severe lack of um, moderation moderation, and um, what's the word for it? Modesty, I guess. Uh, I don't think you know. Proper, proper, in, proper information. Yeah, it's it's mostly just we need proper to education. make sure that we we teach our kids control where, you know, it's you know, you play like games for an hour and then you say, OK, that's enough. I need to step away and do something else. To quote Yoda, control, control, you must learn control. Yes, exactly. exactly. See, another thing, uh, you know, a life lesson you can learn from a movie or a form of entertainment. <laughs> there we go. Um, so that's, that's, my, that's my concept of it is, is just from a personal experience. I, I didn't have the right moderation when I really got heavily into video games, and that affected my development later in life. So that if, if someone were to come up to me and say video games were bad, I would say they have the capacity to be bad. Absolutely. Yeah. But, then you but they also the have an overwhelming capacity else. to be good. Yeah. It's all about moderation and control and making sure that you don't have too much of a thing because too much of anything is bad. Too much exercise is bad. Too much vegetables is bad. Too much fruit is bad. Too much anything. Too much air, you will probably blow into a balloon. I don't know. I mean, too much oxygen is bad for you. Yeah, yeah and there's exactly. some things it's very easy to get too much of. Video games hey, is one of them. Hey, Matt, I know we're, we're running just close to the edge here, but can I toss one more thing in before you wrap us up? Yeah, for sure. I just want to address one particular thing that, that Tyson sort of reminded me of. Um, and I did a, a, an essay on this, I believe, in university talking about um, violence in video games. Uh, this is obviously a very large topic, so I guess I'll just provide a brief drop-in on this, and then I guess perhaps in another podcast we can we can expand on it further. Um, I decidedly disagree with the statement that video games make people violent. Um, oh, yeah, that's total bullshit. Because I think... I, you know what? Here's the thing, though. As I think that that statement is... Uh, what's the word? Obscured? When when you only provide part of an argument? You know, okay. it's kind of like... Um, so so my, my thoughts on it have always been that if an individual can be swayed by video games to do something terrible, right? A situation like a school shooting or um, killing someone close to them or, you know, any anything, anything terrible. I don't need to name them that person was deeply troubled to begin with, right? There are other factors going on there besides the fact that they're playing video games. So I think 
that that to me that is one particular side of this argument where there's oh it's bad for violence well they'll make your kids violent uh if your kids were going to do anything actually violent based on a video game they have deeper seated issues you need to address anyways that's my sort of that's just a, one of those additional arguments i always hear as well yes uh thought i'd throw my two it's cents a, it's a that. closely related uh um you know comment that comes with oh kids play too many video games kids become violent yeah sure. it, they're very closely hand in hand uh, uh two arguments um yeah yeah so i think you guys have all basically covered everything that i would i would have said anyway i agree um moderation is a is a big key factor that's a good way to put it tyson um and just uh but no they're they're video games are just yeah that was a good that was a good perspective the fact the tv thing versus the the video game thing i think it's just now things have shifted to video games as opposed to tv um for a different generation i think that's all it is and the generation before them was talking about how the record player was going to ruin the world <laughs> that's right <laughs> um all right well i think that was a very good discussion on childhood games and just how things have changed and morphed from from 15 years ago to now even 20 years ago now um so thank you very much for joining us and everyone in the chat who was on twitch thank you for joining us and uh, we'll see you next month thanks for joining bye bye